We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 163. Scott is back on the podcast today. Scott, congratulations officially on Baby Kemp. I, it's now official. The podcast has a baby. Yeah, the, the podcast definitely has a baby now. And I got to tell you, the when was we, we were going to record on Wednesday, and I was supposed to, we had no problems doing that show because we were actually supposed to, the baby was supposed to come uh, this coming week. And... Um, we didn't leave the hospital. Basically, they just took us to appointments, and they're like, oh, nope, happening now. And that's when you had to go get uh, a couple of guys. So appreciate JJ and Dom for stepping in very, very well. It was a good show. Um, but yeah, man, I'm pumped up. You know, I have, I'm kind of in a blur still. I, I haven't had much sleep. I haven't had a chance to watch much live baseball. Um, <laughs> but I've been trying to catch up and, and just make sure that I'm on top of the rest of it. But yeah, man, it's been kind of a whirlwind for this, uh, for this past week. Definitely uh, one of those... Crazy, crazy moments in life. 
Dude, what's that like when you go into the hospital, like you said, Wednesday morning, it's just going to be a normal day of appointments, and then they're like, nope, the baby's coming, and your entire life is flipped upside down when you were not even prepared. You were prepared for it that it was coming yeah. soon, but not that specific day. No, no, and she was being induced next this this coming week, so it was going to be like a planned delivery, and when we went in there and they're like, nope, it's happening now, we both looked at each other and were like, you mean you mean like like now? Like, like, like now? To, like today? Now, I'm now, like, or like now, next week? Fuck! I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I like to be mentally prepared for things, and at yeah. that moment, I was really just uh, taken way back. So, um, it was. Did crazy. you have stuff? Like, did you have? Like, no, we had nothing. Stuff no, we had nothing. Yeah. We had nothing. So you had to have someone bring it to you. Yeah, we had uh, pretty much. My cousins came and brought me everything, and uh, Bevan's lunatic parents jumped in the car from Virginia Beach and drove up <laughs> eleven hours and got there at oh like three God. in the morning because they're crazy people. Well, and um, yeah, so it was it was nuts. The, we get taken back into like a triage area, and immediately as we get back there, some lady, some I think I was texting you actually. Someone was having a, a baby at that point, and they were just like screaming bloody murder next to us. I'm like, oh my god, someone is legitimately getting murdered next door, and it was just like a curtain. I'm like, oh, this is what this is what's happening next. It was, uh, well, it, was it was crazy. Yeah, because you texted me around 5 o'clock on Wednesday. We were going to record whatever it was, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And then by the next di- the next morning, you still hadn't had the baby. The baby didn't come until, f- like, Friday morning early, right? So 3.27, August 4th, he was born. Damn. So, yeah. Yeah, that's just 36 hours of uh, total delusion. Yeah, yeah. Not much sleep. Doctors coming in and out. You know, I, I, it was so ridiculous. I'm, I'm in Boston, like r- rigging up television so that I can watch a Yankee game. And these guys are all like rolling their eyes and giving me so much shit for watching a Yankees game. Not helping that the Red Sox are winning quite a bit. Yankees were in the middle of a losing streak, not helping whatsoever. But um, yeah, I'm up there just like literally wiring my, just trying to get this thing jerry rigging these hospital TVs that are not meant to be jerry rigged. So I did it. I, you know, I did it. I did what I could to stay faithful. So. Here we go. I mean, geez, it's been a, it's been a it's been a ridiculous week. It really has. So I guarantee at some point during this, I either will pass out, not have any idea where I am, or have zero clue what to say. So we'll get. Yeah, I'll give you a break on some of your takes on this episode. <laughs> oh, they'll be hot. They'll be hot and completely <laughs> empty. The extra hot, especially because you don't really uh, you're talking out your ass a little bit. Yeah, but actually, uh, there's a lot of predictable things that happened uh, since I've been gone. So that's that's good. It was busy weekend. Yeah, uh, it was. busy weekend for you off off the field. A busy weekend for the Yankees on the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's it seems like yesterday we were talking about Gary Sanchez being exposed as a defensive catcher minus his his uh, you know rocket arm, but it's uh, it's all coming to light. I mean, it's just never gotten better, and this dude is just continuing to it seems regress almost. I mean, I don't and and it's not even that. It's like skills to me are are diminishing behind the plate. The effort is horrible and thank god he's being called out yeah the effort is the thing that pisses me off the most you make a bad play er errors happen it's annoying but errors happen but when it looks like he's lazy sitting back there with his thumb up his ass and just letting balls that are clearly like the ball the first one that scored the run on uh friday night austin jackson scored the run that ball was almost a strike and he didn't catch it it's unacceptable no, that's the problem. I mean, how many balls? I saw a couple of balls this week pop out of his glove. Just 
was normal st- sitting there ready to go catching the ball didn't catch it just didn't catch it i mean you're literally that's the name of the freaking position catch the ball <laughs> receive the ball and and frame it or just catch it over the plate but you are he, a catcher, even doing sir. That. You must catch the yes, ball. Yes, exactly. So rule one of being a catcher: yeah, pitchers pitch, catchers. Well, Gary, they catch. I am a catcher. <laughs> How about that? Let's let's do that hashtag. I am a catcher. I think last year you and I were pumped up for Sanchez so much, obviously because he went beast mode at the plate. But he looked like an all-star defensive catcher too. He was throwing runners out with laser beams from his knees. He was making, he was calling a good game. He looks like such a solid defensive catcher. And I think that's why we got extra excited because not only do we have an all-star bat, we have an all-star defensive catcher too. And that is very, very rare. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that with the one thing we were saying is that we never really, it wasn't talked about as much the defense. So we were so surprised, I think at the end of last year that this guy was coming up and playing the defense that he was. <laughs> but now I think we know exactly why it wasn't talked about because it was a mirage. It was just like this dude was coming up playing out of his mind defensively. And I didn't, first of all, I didn't realize you could get like a, like super hot defensively. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. And um, yeah. And now, well, he's, and now he's kind of exposed for kind of what, what he is almost, but it's not for lack of ability because he can do it. Right, We saw him do it last year, so I think it's for lack of effort, lack of concentration. But I have a hard time believing that he's not concentrating when he knows that there's a breaking ball going to be low, possibly in the dirt, and he's still not getting down there. There's something going on. It's like, But we saw him do it last year. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea how to explain something like this. You go this far as a, as a catcher. These half the mistakes he's making should never in a million years be made. I don't care if you're quote, – I mean, he looks like freaking Mike Piazza behind the plate right now. And he's got 12 pass balls that leads the league. But there, it goes so much further than just the actual errors in the box score for Sanchez because he does not do a lot of – and uh, Girardi said this too. He's not doing a lot of the little things that catchers need to do to help their pitchers out. So he's making obvious errors like pass balls, but then he's not maybe framing pitches that are borderline or he's not – doing something, working with the pitchers. And how many times is he going to go out to the mound? Well, that's the thing. I know people complain that Michael Kay always mentions it on the broadcast, but it's it's insane. It's ridiculous. Well, it's he a, goes it's out a there. Real, it's a real thing to talk about because he does a half dozen there. times every game. It's it's unacceptable. That's unacceptable too. Well, because because you know why? To me, to me, there's some kind of a communication breakdown, and that's why he's going out there. So I don't know if he's just not preparing well enough with these pitchers. If he's not on the same page all the time, and to me, that's prep work. That's what that's done during the five days that they're not throwing. Like that's the stuff that you got to do to to prepare for your one start. And you know maybe that side of the game is eluding him when you have a, a bunch of new guys or uh, you know a full season. Maybe it's part of the mental game where he's just not prepared for some of these guys. You know, I don't know. But the, the fact that he's going out there that many times definitely tells me something about the mental side of the game, that he's not on the same page as the, as the pitchers. That's got to be annoying for the pitchers. Hell too, yeah, right? it's annoying. I mean, it throws you out of your routine. And then you're also like, why is my, my catcher coming? He knows what I'm throwing. Why doesn't he know what I'm throwing? Why doesn't he get into this position? He knows where the ball is, is going to be. Sometimes it's in the first or the second inning, too. Like, shouldn't your game plan be pretty solid cut and dry at that point in the game? Yeah. I mean, you should have a plan for at least the first inning, knowing what these guys are. I mean, you should probably have a plan for the first roundabout of, uh, of each batter and then make adjustments. But, yeah. No. And then forget about it. If a reliever comes in the game, you can almost bank on Sanchez running out there twice per reliever. I, I, I legitimately think we might have to have a closer as a catcher. Austin Romine is now the ninth inning catcher. So how, how do you say that? Chapman's the closer. 
but Romine's the closer also, catching. He's the closing closer battery. So personal catchers for, for the ninth closer inning. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. he's not able to handle half the, half the things, and especially if Chapman's throwing more breaking balls. I mean, that's a nightmare for Gary Sanchez. Prepping for well, 103 and then trying to catch a 90-mile-an-hour slider, done. Girardi's definitely sent a message by benching Sanchez on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I saw something about them uh, trying to blame some some weight gains, getting trying to going in there getting swole, and that's that's the reason he's doing it. I, I'm not buying that one bit. I mean, does he look that no. much bigger to you? I no. mean, I know I think they said he gained about ten pounds of in the mu- of muscle? Question mark? <laughs> or is that also a lack of effort? And he's eating too much birthday cake with people dancing around him, singing him happy birthday as he's like the czar sitting there. He doesn't. He's he always kind of had some baby fat on him, though. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe that's ten more pounds of baby fat. I mean, at some point you got to either lean out or or bulk up or do something. I mean, I guess some guys can carry it and and be fine, but it's obviously not working. A guy with no baby fat on him, Matt Holiday, now in the DL, uh, a lumbar strain, and I just immediately thought of the lumbar yard from Seinfeld. But Holiday was having a terrible second half since the All Star break. Um, quickly some numbers he was 11 for 84 which is a 136 batting average he had a 165 on base percentage he was essentially a black hole in the lineup non-existent position in the lineup and as a dh yeah that's a problem it's definitely a problem um i I don't so i kind of hope this is a real injury i really do because then it would uh it would give us some more answers it seems like ever since he's been on the dl for the first time for that mysterious injury or the mysterious illness we've we haven't had a, a finger on on what's actually going on with this guy so i don't know if this is lingering you know problems from that uh, stemming from that originally and then you know he strained something trying to come back from that i don't know but the the thing i can lean on for matt holiday is he's got had he's had such a long career of hitting and you know he, he hits when he's healthy it leads me to believe that this is something something is going on with him i mean you don't just all of a sudden turn it off when he was hitting in the first half, and then all of a sudden he gets the sickness, and then he comes back, and he's just been terrible. So I'm just happy leads me to believe I'm, he's hurt. I'm just happy that you jinxed somebody finally, and it wasn't me. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of bullshit because he was going perfectly fine in the first half. I yeah. don't even think I said it's anything. Funny how things like it. that happen, isn't it? It's a, an extended jinx. I don't, I don't believe in that. Well, like I said, I was telling you quickly before we started recording that uh, today during the first inning on Sunday, Severino struck out the first two batters and looked absolutely unhittable. And I know it's only two batters, but I said Severino looks like he's on a mission today. Literally the next pitch he threw left the the yard, yeah, Brantley, Michael hit a home run. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done tweeting for the day <laughs> because no matter what I say, comes back around and smacks me right in the face when it comes to the Yankees. Yeah. See, I... I think you're trying to push your your uh, your bad jinxes onto me, but I actually do not think that I'm jinxing anybody, or nor have I ever jinxed anybody on this team. That's and I'm well, sticking to that. What you said about Holiday being too good of a hitter for a long time, and very recently with the Yankees in the first half, that's basically what the coaches were saying. Holiday yeah. is too good of a hitter to all of a sudden forget how to hit. Well, Something's got to be wrong. Either he's still dealing with that mystery illness that Billy Bean slipped in his food. Or uh, our boy Joyce McFly on Twitter actually had a great tweet. Um, he said it's interesting that Holiday got uh, uh, the food poisoning in Oakland, and Oakland is the one and only team on his no trade list. <laughs> that is pretty funny. The I think it's just you have to stem back to that because you know I, I when he got knocked down and I feel like when you're sick like that for a long time you lose a lot of weight and you lose um, you just get lethargic almost and. 
you know, your muscles start breaking down. And then when you're trying to come back from that, I, with, with as big as he is, I can only imagine the stress on some of those muscles and some of the, the, the body trying to come back from something like that. So I, I don't know. I, I still think it's stemming from that illness. I think there's maybe something going on with that. But it's very clear that he's not healthy. And no, I'm not buying into the fact that he's just done because uh, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Do you think the Yankees would ever get to a point where they release him? I don't think so because I think that they know what he is and how much of a uh, a jump st- jump off that it could be. Because honestly, who are they going to put at DH? I mean, everybody's saying Gary Sanchez. I I understand that, but then you have to play Austin Romine every day, and then who's your backup? You got problems. Well, you got, you got roster now, problems when you do that. A lot of people are now saying Anduar. Maybe, maybe Anduar's. I mean, when you, look this when when the call ups come, they don't need to release him. When the call ups come up, you're going to see guys that are going to play over him if he's still doing this. But I don't think they need to release him at this point. He's not really. I don't think he's taking up a spot, especially now that he's on the DL. So I don't think it's it's a a 10 day DL. We don't know if this is, if it could extend though. I mean, if it's a strain, if it's in a serious strain, it probably will extend. But if he comes back in 10 days and they put him right back in the lineup, that almost leads me to believe this was a mental thing. Well, and honestly, if it is a mental thing, fine. I, I, I really don't care. We've talked about how this 10 day DL, even if it's a mental break is a good thing because sometimes these guys either just, I would rather them figure it out on the 10-day DL than than be the black hole that he has been batting uh, 136 or 198, 136, whatever he's been batting um, over the past 84 at bats. I mean, that he might as well have ha- been on the DL at that point because those 11 hits, while a couple of them were, were important, the rest of them he was doing absolutely nothing, and he's always been at the top of the lineup. The one thing I, I still will. I, I, Joe needs to be criticized for. He still keeps his veterans on such a high note and will not move them. Like he, he's a, he's a guy that just doesn't, you know, he doesn't Whoa. move this guy all around when he, when he should be low, uh, batting lower. Well, you specifically talking about Holiday because he got to a point in that Detroit series where Holiday was down in like the six or seven hole. Yeah, exactly with with Holiday, but it took a very long time to get to that point. It took a long time, and I think and they he, wasted he just a drags lot of it time. on too long. They wasted a lot of time when Holiday clearly wasn't going right batting him clean up behind Judge, who was also in a slump. So you had your three, four hitters in the lineup in a slump at the same time. And it's a big problem when you have the guy batting behind Aaron Judge also in a slump because they're just going to give him junk. And I think, you know, Aaron Judge started pressing and pressing. And that's when we started him seeing uh, him swinging at that, that outside breaking ball and started chasing pitches that he wasn't chasing in the first half. When there's no protection for you, those are the, those are the things that are, are going to tend to happen. And it takes a lot longer to get out of a slump when there's nobody that's any has any fear for the pitcher uh, that's batting behind you. So, I don't know. Judge Judge has had his moments in the second half, and he had a big day uh, with a three-run homer today. But he's really been non-existent for a lot of the second half. Holiday has been completely not completely non-existent, and then both Hicks and Castro have been injured the entire second half. Those are four guys that pretty much carried your offense in the first half of the season. So are we going to be talking about the fact that we're only three games back, and that that also still now, at this point, even though we've had these losses, we've won two in a row, is still a minor miracle? We've got to really go back to that? We're really re- recycling that, that yeah. thing? Because we did that for six weeks I back know. in June. And it's still a miracle. It's, it's unbelievable, the fact that they're still there. It really is. I mean, Boston's won how many now? Six in a row? Six Six in a row. Well, they started to pull away a little bit because the Yankees were flip flop. The Yankees were in first place after the Toronto. Excuse me, after the Blue. Uh, God, that's the same team. After the Tampa <laughs> series, weren't the Yankees in first place by half game? Yeah, but that's the thing. They've they've done just enough to pull ahead when they were doing well and Boston was struggling to allow them to be still in it when they suck. 
So it's like they're, they're, they know when they can actually push it so they can get ahead. And then we're like, okay, we got some room. Now we'll go and just suck for a little while. And now, look, we're riding a two-game win streak. Who knows? Maybe this is 10 more in the coming. Is two games a win streak? Uh, I think for this team? three games. I think three. You got to get to three before you can call it a streak. Look, anytime I'm looking for a win streak and there's more than one, I'm calling it a win streak. Um, it's kind of, it was weird timing when the, how the Yankees went into a slump because they had such a good start to the homestand. They beat Cincinnati those two games and they took three out of four from Tampa and they won that first game against Detroit. Then they trade for Sonny Gray and you and I are riding high on that episode we recorded last Monday night after the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden they forgot how to play baseball again. Yeah. What happened? And you think what happened on Tuesday? You think that uh, a trade for Sonny Gray and then, you know, to a lesser extent, Jaime Garcia, but you got two more guys locked and loaded, ready to go, ready for that fight. I mean, Sonny Gray is saying all the right things about how he wants to win here. This is where it is. This is the, the, the team is believing like the team saying that they're believing in the brass, that they went out and got these guys. It's a, it's a positive thing that they believe in the guys that they have now can win the World Series. Like, these are all great things. And then they go out and lay eggs. It's weird because the momentum, I mean, even earlier in the season when they were in that month of, of just the June, the, the black hole month, they, uh, you know, they were talking about when, when it's contagious and they just keep and they lose and they, they cannot ride momentum and actually carry it over into multiple games. It's, it's like it just stops all of a sudden. And uh, out of nowhere, they start a losing streak. It's weird. An old John Sterling cliche for you, momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. Well, the Yankees actually have some starting pitchers to look forward to now. If Jaime Garcia is a starting pitcher that you're looking forward to, yes. Sonny Gray, definitely. Uh, you, you got you got Sonny Gray, you got Luis Severino, CC's been dealing as of late, and Tanaka hasn't totally sucked. No, the thing is, when you're looking at those names and you see the offense at the with the potential of the offense when they're actually clicking and going well, it's this team is very much built for a postseason playoff uh, series. I mean, you got you got your and the bullpen, the bullpen. You got your also. one, two, three. I know, but even now with Sonny Gray there, you got three guys that can throw in the in, in games, um, and then you can pretty much piece together another game. And then right, the bullpen who is lights out at the end. It's definitely built for the playoffs. So this team just needs to limp their way into it, uh, however they can do it. But um, they're they're definitely built for postseason right now. Before we get into Sonny Gray's first start with the Yankees, we want to remind everybody that on September 30th, that's a game, the last Saturday of the season at Yankee Stadium against the Blue Jays, Bronx Pinstripes is having our second event. More details to come on that, but just remember September 30th, that's going to be a good game because it's clear the Yankees are going to be in this thing to the end. The Blue Jays might suck, but that's going to mean a lot for the Yankees, and you know the Blue Jays are going to want to play spoiler. Also, please, guys, take a minute to rate and review this podcast in iTunes. If you even just want to congratulate Scott on his new baby, that's where you can do it. Go go, give a congratulations in the reviews and give us that five-star rating. It really helps us out. We've been climbing the charts with all those uh, reviews and ratings. It's great to see, so keep them coming. What did you think of the Yankees' welcome party for Sonny Gray on Thursday? Yeah, it's an embarrassment is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy comes over, everybody's pumped up, and it, it was, I, I guess it was characteristic of what the Yankees have done this year with, uh, with Jeter Day and Tanaka, just like completely taking the air out immediately, not waiting. We're not going to wait any, a little bit and give this guy just some time to, to you know, get, get into the, uh, the Yankee uniform. No, they're just going to boot three balls immediately or, you know, three errors immediately off the bat. And this guy just, it's like, what in the hell did I get myself into? It was terrible. It really was. It was embarrassing. The first one happens, Headley boots that, that ground ball to start the game. Okay, it's 
errors happen. Headley's not really a first baseman. Sonny Gray gets a lot of ground balls, so he can easily get a double play to get out of this. And then Tyler Wade, who, I mean, the dude's on the team really just to play solid defense at this point, boots a ball. It looked like he, he looked up to try and get the runner at third, which he had no shot at. So he kind of just made a little mental error and booted the ball. And then the one hit that Gray gives up, he does, does give up a hit to right field. And Clint Frazier, who's back in Cleveland, probably a little amped up, tries to throw it through the freaking wall and throws it into the stands. And before Sonny Gray can even get his uniform dirty, the dude is in a hole because of three errors. And Oakland had the worst defense behind him. I think uh, he now leads the league with 13 unearned runs. So he gets to the Yankees, and it's the same shit, different day for Sonny Gray. Maybe it's a Sonny Gray thing. Maybe he's just bad juju with the defense. Maybe he's jinxing himself. I don't know. This is uh, there's too many puns going on with Sonny Gray. How he's an oxymoron. Maybe that's something. Or maybe there's something about him that we didn't even know about. This dude is. Um, first of all, Tyler Wade cannot be making errors. That's one thing. I mean, he if he wants to be a major league baseball player, he needs to play unbelievable defense, especially if he's going to be this Swiss Army knife and play all over the place. I mean, that's he needs to you know rely on this defense. Uh, he's obviously not doing it at the plate. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, when you're looking at the, the start, though, I, I was able to watch that game for the most part while I was sitting there waiting for a baby to come the entire time. Like barely, I had like splints in my eyes to keep them open because I wanted to watch this game so badly. The um, but he looked good. I thought like some of the stuff that he has, the arsenal is to me filthy. I mean, he just drops those those breaking balls in after riding you know mid 90s fastball. He's got good control. I really like what I see. Yeah, he had four pitches that he all felt all. It seemed like he felt comfortable throwing all four of those pitches at any time in any count, which is awesome to yeah. see. He got a lot of weak contact, including the two errors that the, the infielders booted in the first inning, which was also great to see. He's a ground ball pitcher. I think he has like a 55% ground ball rate in his career, which is very high. That'll come in handy at Yankee Stadium. Uh, we know fly ball pitchers don't always pitch well at Yankee Stadium, so he's a ground ball guy. He seemed to just run out of gas in the sixth inning. He was pitching on uh, nine days rest, which obviously throws you off. It's his first start in a Yankee uniform. That's obviously got a lot of emotions going. And he essentially had to throw an extra inning in the first inning. So I thought overall he pitched pretty good. The Yankees just sucked. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees absolutely just sucked in that game. There's no way anybody, if any, I saw on Twitter, it was like, oh, Sonny Gray, look, look, we expected this. this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Like, it's just a bunch of horse shit. I mean, again. What was the, exactly, you expected three errors? Yeah. Like, and, expected yeah. 200 runs in the first inning? The fact, I don't know what The you fact expected. that Yankee fans are calling that this was a bad trade after this ridiculous start is just, one, you need to uh, look at how you watch baseball because it's just, it wasn't Sonny Gray who was the issue with that on that day. Um, but look, yeah, you're right. Like you said, I think he, how many, how many walks did he have in that game? He definitely walked a few guys. I think he walked three guys yeah. and it was bad because in the sixth inning, he gave up that two, everything was with two outs in that sixth inning. Right. So normally from, from what I've seen of him, his control is a lot better than that. And the fact that he does have four pitches that are, that are confident and he can throw it any, in any count. That's exciting. I mean, that's just fun stuff to watch. That's uh, those are the type of pitchers that to me are just uh, you know entertaining to watch and can really keep a guys especially with when, when with this uh, this league being such a fastball heavy league and uh, fastball uh, hitting league the fact that he can mix it up and throw four pitches to me is extremely good and will play um, very well and he has uh, from the stats that I remember looking at I don't remember the stats but I. S- was it beyond the all-star break? It was recently. He's got one of the lowest ERAs as of recently, right? Since June 25th. Yeah, yeah we actually discussed it uh, with Dom on the last podcast. Since June 25th, second lowest ERA behind Kershaw. Yeah, so you look at those numbers. I mean, that's a guy that, that you know, when we were talking about him in, in Oakland, I mean, 
in the beginning of his career. This is a guy that was, you know, number one stuff, number one guy. He doesn't have to be that with the Yankees right now. I mean, Severino's pretty much taking Clear. the reins. Yeah, absolutely. Clear who the number one in the Yankees is. So, you know, he, he's really going for that 2-3 spot at this point. And, you know, to me, that's that's a good thing. And not to mention, he's gonna not going to be going up against the number ones from opposing teams as well. Well... He did on Thursday night. Well, yeah, so. it works out during the season sometimes. But you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking down the line here. I'm just I'm looking to October baseball. It's not a guy that's going to have to do that, and that's huge. If you have a Sonny Gray going up against another guy's two or three, I mean, to me, that's that's uh, advantage Sonny Gray. The Yankees get shut down by Corey Kluber on Thursday night. You can almost tip your cap to that. He's going to do that to lineups, fine. But the frustrating thing is when you look at who the pitchers the Yankees also got shut down by this past week: Jordan Zimmerman. Annabelle Sanchez and Trevor Bauer, who all have ERAs in the mid-fives, and the Yankees absolutely could not touch them. They all looked like Corey Kluber, even though Corey Kluber is actually the only good pitcher they faced. Did, uh, did Trevor Bauer have, a, have an artery exploding on his hand this time? Was it No, but uh, that would have given him some extra little, uh, it would have been like a, a blood ball, a little <laughs> spitball action. The uh, he he had some actually some some filthy stuff. His changeup or his uh, his breaking stuff was was dropping off the table against the Yankees. I don't know if these guys just buck up against the New York Yankees because I think a lot of people do. I feel like they no, see the it. Yankees hitters buck down. They see it. All right, see you're going the other way. You're back to the, um, I I lose one episode and you're back to negative <laughs> negative freaking Andrew. Well, I'm sorry if if the rest of the league can hit them because they all have ERAs in the fives. I, I'm blaming the Yankees hitters in this situation. That's fine. They do get the blame. There's no doubt. Uh, Trevor Bauer did look pretty good, though, I must say. That's pretty much the only one I saw of those three. <laughs> they were talking about it on the broadcast, and I know they talked about it all last postseason, but I kind of just forgot how much of a lunatic Trevor Bauer is. Some of the pregame yeah, routines he's crazy. and stuff he goes through. and like he uh, Something about eating like peach cobbler or something that his sister, blueberry pie that his sister bakes before every start. Like just seems like a nightmare of a guy to deal with. Seems like a nightmare to be his sister, too, having to bake blueberry pie every single time. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. It's, it certainly is. Uh, do you think uh, the Yankees should have started Sonny Gray on that two, that uh, Wednesday getaway day game because that was a day game and then push Tanaka, giving him the extra day, and then this way you're not on Sonny Gray on nine days rest, you're on eight days rest? I mean, I don't know how much eight and nine days makes a difference when you're off of your your routine of the the standard five days. Then, to me, it's just you're just throw, you're off the routine at that point. I mean, there were so many things that were that were different for him. Obviously, he had to change. You know, he's flying all over the place, changing teams, press conferences, all the, all sorts of stuff that was going on. So, I don't really think that made of a difference. I mean, if they did that, it would be fine only because they would give Tanaka that extra day. So right. that's to me the where the decision would have come into play, but. You know, I don't think it would have made a difference. He's, he was he was completely thrown off his routine. That's why you, that's the other reason why you can't look at what he did in this past one, even though it really wasn't his deal. Um, but you know, when you're thrown off that much, these guys are such creatures of habit. When you get thrown into something like that, you never know really what's going to happen. Yeah, it was just something I was thinking about that um, because more more about the Tanaka day game stats. Yeah, well, that the mother nature tried to take care of that almost yeah. almost. Um, Jaime Garcia did not look that great on Friday, but that's kind of what Jaime Garcia is, right? He's a, he's a lefty who kind of throws some junk up there. He's a serviceable major league pitcher, so he's going to go out there and be okay for five innings. This time around, what did he do? Uh, four, four and two thirds, four earned runs. Like, isn't that exactly what they traded for? I guess so. But the thing I think that they're going to need from, from him is a little bit more depth and getting into the games. I mean, even if he's given up the runs, like he's got to get into these games a little bit deeper. He's there, honestly, let's all, let's all look at him as, as a, at what he is. To me, he's an innings eater because we have guys who are up against their innings limits or, or at their quotas or whatever you want to call it, even though they're not saying 
even with Severino, uh, I still think there's somebody in the back talking about it, thinking about it. Um, and then obviously Jordan Montgomery gets sent down. So this is a guy that's eating innings at this point. I, I'm, that's frankly why they got him. So that is what happened. Montgomery pitched on Saturday, looked pretty good, five innings, only give up one run, and then he gets sent down. We had been talking about this as soon as the Yankees acquired Gray and Garcia and they had six starting pitchers. We said they're going to have to figure out something. Turns out Montgomery to AAA instead of Montgomery to the bullpen. And you and I think agreed that makes sense to keep him stretched out, keep him pitching every five days. You have to. I mean, it makes it doesn't. It, to me, it doesn't make any sense to throw him in a bullpen that's already thriving. I mean, the the bullpen's good right now, and, and they have some guys in the in the minor leagues who they they're flipping back and forth, who are, actually have gotten a lot better, and I think are, are doing good jobs. So, to me, he's a he's a waste in the bullpen, and you definitely have to keep him stretched out because you know, it's 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 almost a certainty that there's there's going to be another injury, and if there is, or at least somebody who's knocked up a little bit. And then you have a guy that you have confidence in. I mean, what, he threw five innings. He only threw what sixty some pitches, I think, on that day, right? It was, it was a, it was a good start. And Girardi just decided to go to the bullpen. I was at a wedding on Saturday, so I, I wasn't able to watch that game except uh, catching a couple innings or a couple batters on my phone. But um, with, uh, I'm also not convinced that Jaime Garcia is gonna pitch the rest of the season like he could suck and they could just bring Montgomery back up I could totally see that as a possibility yeah I mean that's I think I think Jaime Garcia is probably a better option uh that to go to the bullpen than Montgomery at this point they're not gonna do it they're just not gonna put Montgomery Exper- in the bullpen just anymore. say experience wise you think yeah that well I don't because he's a veteran he can he can well, and also they don't care about screwing him up that's it that's it it's more I think it's more that they don't really care about you know affecting his because he has no long-term ability, basically, they don't care what he is long-term. They do care what Jordan Montgomery is, and they're not going to—they're not going to stunt his growth by throwing him in the bullpen at this point. I mean, I could see them doing it later in the year when they need something, and they're—you know—they don't need him as a starter, um, but not at this point. Are you buying this Chase Headley renaissance? I think I saw a stat on the broadcast today that over his, the first 50 games of the season, he hit like 220-something, and then the second 50 games of the season, he's hitting about 300. I mean, this is the second time in one season that he's had it. He's had two. How do you have two renaissances? As well, the first within the first within one a season, was like three weeks, right? Wasn't the no? First it was one it was like more than a month. Early April. It was it was the, to start the season. He was on fire. Yeah, it was more than a month. I mean, you were then you couldn't talk a, anymore because he shut you up for an entire month. It was unbelievable how long it was going on. No, you know why Chase Headley's shutting me up now is because he actually took one for the team and he moved across the diamond. He did and he did something that. I can't get on a guy for that. He was the third baseman, and they moved him over, and he's actually starting to hit and play. So good for Chase Headley. You finally sacked up. So are you are you almost a Chase Headley fan at this point? Because to no, me, not even close. Why I'm not? Jump down his throat the first opportunity I can. But get. he's a team but guy. For now, he's he, shutting me up. He's the dude who went. Not only did he go across, but he also said, "I'm not going to bat right-handed anymore either. I'm going to do that for the team because I suck as a right-handed hitter. I'm going to go to the left side and stay there." And that's Listen, what I'm going to do. I wouldn't do. be who I am if I would if I was now a Chase Headley fan. That, I can I don't think I can ever true. be a Chase Headley. That is true. We would probably fan. lose listeners. Yes. Uh but Headley got the go ahead homer on Saturday and then also the game tying sack fly today on Sunday. Uh that inning um that w- those were the couple batters I was watching in that inning with Chapman, Gardner and Torres both saving his ass. Gardner's was against the wall so that ball was crushed. Torres was a little bloop. 
I don't know how that I don't know how that ball that Gardner caught stayed in. First of all, I thought for sure it was gone, and then when he caught that ball, I flew I flipped my lid and scared probably fifteen babies in the hospital because I yelled. <laughs> it was a it was a significant yell. I was very excited. It was probably some of the the first live baseball I had seen in a while, and uh, it was a ridiculous you catch. You have to. Therese made an, another nice catch too. You'd have to imagine Chapman has a little PTSD of progressive field, right from the from the World Series. Well, honestly, there were a couple other times, too. There was a, a very hard hit ball down the right field line that missed being a, a double off the wall by like three feet. I mean, he was getting hit hard in that inning. It was uh, it was not a great inning by him by any means. He but, scares me. Yeah, he's starting to scare me. Again? <laughs> and, or, yeah, he's continuing to scare me because he's not getting the same swings and misses. He's well, not overmatching play, uh, hitters anymore. That's the thing. I think it was uh, Carlos Martinez, who was the last batter of the game. He fouled off maybe six or seven pitches. It seemed like a really long at bat. And uh, it was just it was just one of those times you're just he can't put him away. He cannot put him away. Um, but look, over the past what two weeks, he's looked really good. I mean, he, for the most part, his fastball seems to have a lot more movement on it. He's throwing that slider a lot more. It's uh, and it's becoming a much better pitch. I guess he's more getting more confident because he's throwing it more. But the change of speed to me is the biggest difference. When you're up there gearing up to that, that is when 100 to 103 is more effective. We talked about how guys are sitting on fastballs and they can hit it no matter what because everybody now can hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. But when you're going in and throwing an effective 90-mile-an-hour slider and then you come back with a tailing 103, that's filthy. And as he continues to throw the, uh, the slider more and hitters then have to start um, respecting it because I still think they're sitting all over. Your f- they will always sit fastball with Chapman, and I don't think they respect the slider yet. But they will start to respect it, and then that's when you talk about it becoming even that much more dangerous. It's like when don't you remember when Mariano started throwing a little bit more of like a four seamer yeah. slash two seamer action just to make hitters respect it. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's the thing, I, and I think that's actually part of what's why Severino has really found his groove. It doesn't have to be a great pitch; you just have to show it. And if you continue to show it, then even if it's not respected, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be identified. They know it. They know it's a possibility. And just that little bit, when you're throwing 103 miles an hour, just that little bit of doubt is a, is a swing and miss. Severino has taken the next step. No doubt, he's filthy. Yeah, he's be, he's been filthy in the second half. Um, got some numbers here. Uh, all right, maybe maybe Dom tweeted him out. Um, but he's uh, last 32 innings pitched, like four starts, runs, 32 innings. Yeah, three earned runs. Yeah, it's. I think it was since the All Star break, he's been unbelievably filthy. I mean, he's got everything going. The fastball. I just. I love the. The other thing about him is that you can tell obviously that his confidence is just so much yes. higher than it he's ever has around been. With some swagger out there. Yeah, the dude knows. He knows that he is a. Uh, he knows he's a top flight guy, and uh, so. Look, I'm, I'm I'm really happy about that. I'm glad he stuck with the, with the breaking stuff because it's just making his fastball that much more nasty. Um, and the Yankees offense finally got some insurance on the board. Thank you, Almonte, uh, for misplaying that Ellsbury triple. That should have been an out, but uh, it wasn't, and sort of got the Yankees going. Judge hit the home run, which looked like a single up the middle and somehow traveled over the wall. Well, I, let's let's talk about this home run because to me this was very, very good news. When you're seeing Aaron Judge go the opposite way, like you said, this like a laser over the line or over the uh, over the wall and – it was what right center field. I mean, this is this is exactly where he needs to get back to. It, you know, he had, I heard him on a uh, uh, an interview uh, like a, in, the, in one of the press conferences today talking about, hey, 
there's going to be there's going to be 20 two two weeks 20 at bats where you're just going to suck and then you're going to come back and you're and you're you're going to play good baseball and he gave the classic line that's baseball that's baseball susan he was talking to susan <laughs> waldman might as well have been but i mean he believes that she might just have that tattooed on her forehead he she should the uh, but but it's you know if you believe that then then it, it's true right I mean if you believe something it's true so if he thinks that it's not a lie if you believe it <laughs> exactly so um, look he's taking that approach again it looks like he's starting to go the opposite way again that that pitch selection will come pitch selection will come back and um, it's good to see because thirty five bombs I mean look we thought maybe he'd end the season with thirty five bombs so he's getting back on that tear and then we uh, for a little while said about fifty five sixty. Still in play. Still in play. <laughs> so he could get hot. He could get hot. Uh, Yankees are going to Toronto. The Toronto Blue Jays stink. So that that they should take care of business in Toronto. And then you got a big series with the Red Sox. And then four games home and home with the Mets. So fun couple weeks coming up for the Yankees. You want to hear something fun? I am yeah. sneaking wine in family housing. We're staying in this like family housing place. It's basically a dorm setting so that people can come in and out of the hospital. And... There's no alcohol allowed in this place. So I'm legitimately like smuggling in wine, red wine because I don't have to keep it cold. In a can? <laughs> it's Yeah, it's in like a, a canister. It's, oh, it's because uh, I don't know if you ever watched that Always Sunny when they put uh, wine in a Diet Coke can and just got pub- public drunk, but no one knew it because it was in a Coke can. Yeah, it's genius. That's pretty much what I'm doing right now. And um, I think you've earned it. I think over I think the, so what, what you've gone through over the last four or five days, I think you've earned a, f- a few glasses of wine. No doubt. And... Yeah, so it's pretty funny that there's uh, none of these people in here are drinking. I guess I, I'm, I'm, if you can notice that I'm trying not to talk too loud because I'm not trying to uh, dis, like shout to like the 20 families that are in this place. So it's an well, interesting, you never know interesting change listens, of life events. You never know who listens to the podcast. Maybe you got we got a podcast listener in the hospital or in the or in the dorms with you, and they're going to tattle on you. Yeah, hopefully not. If you are listening, just come over and uh, you can drink from the canister too. I, I do share. Yeah, and it's a, I say that because at the wedding I was at, uh, my cousin was getting married, and her husband had a groomsman and his brother there who both listened to the podcast. They were both big fans. So it was kind of a surreal moment when um, I found that out, and we, we were talking the whole night. We actually watched the, the final inning on my phone uh, while we were there. Nice. Love it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you ready to get into mailbags? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Robin Lett says, with holiday slumping slash hurt, Everybody is talking about Anduar coming up, but with Sanchez's struggles behind the plate, wouldn't sliding him to DH and having Romine catch be the better option? Yeah, I think that the, the again, I think the problem here is the roster. You're looking at if that if that's the case, and you're you're going to Sanchez as a as a DH, and, and while he's out and he's going to be the primary DH, then you have to bring up another catcher, and there's really not nobody that's that's been. Didn't I also see that? Higashikoa is the only other forty-man catcher, uh, so they'd have to add somebody. If if and isn't Higashikoa injured? Uh, I don't know, but I I am pretty sure he is the only other guy on the forty. But the fact is, even if he wasn't injured, if he is injured, he was horrible when he came up. Horrible. And he cannot hit. It's not really a clear option. So to me, the the better option, yeah, is to bring up a guy. I, I think that is legit. I think that's something that they can look at. That Anduar when he came up and he actually did DH. I think that day. Um, you know he was lights out. Now, granted, we'll go the other way and 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 crap on. A yeah, guy it was for, one game. Yeah, exactly. We'll crap on a People guy for one game. People have that one memory. Excited after one guy, one game. People have that one memory of him going beast mode in Chicago, but it was one game. Yes, it was one game. But I mean, it, it is an option. I think. I think it is an, option. an option. I don't think they'll do it, but 
I think it is an option. I still think they're trying to get him working at third base. But again, look, we're getting to a point. We're getting very close where these rosters are going to expand. We're going to see him up. He's going to be a, a guy that's going to play a role of, of some sort down the down the stretch. Uh, Higashiko is not injured. He was on the DL back in June, but he's off the DL now. Um, I think that I would rather see them call up um, Anduar if they really are desperate. And also remember Hicks is coming back soon, hopefully. So we were always complaining about who the Yankees are going to send down. Well, if Holiday's hurt, then they'll just slide somebody to DH and yeah. problem solved. I, always The problem always is solved because there's always injuries. Just when you think you're fully healthy, somebody else will get injured. Yep, and that's why you need depth, and that's why this this team and this roster is such a beautiful thing because there are so many options in different positions in AAA that are quasi-legitimate, if not if not actually legitimate. But yeah, I think that's the move. And that, that, that's a great point about Hicks. When he does come back, um, and he's not that far away from what I believe. I don't know what's happened in the past few days with Hicks, but it seems like he's he's uh, getting a lot closer. We're hearing things about Greg Bird striding towards getting closer, even though we've been hearing that all mm-hmm. freaking year. Mm-hmm. So Greg Bird's no coming idea. back, maybe. Yeah, that's gonna, he's going to screw me. I have a feeling he's going to screw me on this bet at some, somehow. <laughs> Yeah, because I think what we decided on is just eye test. We're going to eye test this thing. It's got to be a significant amount of at-bats, though. It's got to be significant, whatever that is. What if he has he comes back and gets one hit, but it's a game-winning home run that puts them in the playoffs? I mean, I, no. I'll just, I, will buy, I will buy beers for that reason, to celebrate the playoffs, but I'm not giving you the bet. <laughs> All right, what do we have next? The next is from uh, Chris from Toronto. Does a move to first base look realistic for Sanchez with seemingly frequent blocking troubles? He says, congrats on the little bomber, Scott. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that, man. Um, I, I think down the road, look, we talk, didn't we talk about uh, Judge being a first baseman at some point right. down the so road, Right, so now it's two guys on the roster who <laughs> yeah. need to move to first base. Plus, we have Greg Bird, who we hope is our future first baseman. Right, so now we have three future first basemen who are all part of the new core four, right? So that's a, that's a problem. Um, I don't know. I Name don't, another team with three first basemen in their core four. Yeah, won't happen. Can't can't do it. <laughs> no, but I think uh, I think Sanchez is probably the more realistic option to at DH. I think he's going to be a future DH on the Yankees. I do not see him as a long term catcher. At some point, he's going to. They're going to realize unless he gets just drastically better, um, they're going to realize that it's not worth it, and they want his bat more than they want that defense. And I think he's going to be a DH at some point. A problem, though, is that, yeah, we saw Romine hit when Sanchez went down with the injury in April, but Romine is not hitting anymore. He's he's a liability at the plate. Well, yeah, and I, so we're, if we're talking about this year, I don't think it's a this year thing. I don't, I don't think this year is going to be uh, – I don't think that's going to be in play. I think Sanchez is going to stay a catcher, there's no doubt. But again, you know, like when we have – with Holiday injured – they're going to mix him in. That's going to happen. So just because he's in there during a couple of games – I mean, that shouldn't really change what the way we look at this. I think it's really just a matter of circumstance because because Holiday's injured. So, um, But I don't think they're going to really move him for the first base at all, especially not this year. No, no no one's moving this year. No, It's way too late. Uh, the final – it's also, I think, too late to go to a six-man rotation, uh, which is leading into this next mailbag question. Is from Brandon, and he says he's an OG mailbagger. Uh, is Jaime Garcia really an upgrade over Montgomery? I get it's only one start, and his playoff experience will help, but why not let Jordan figure it out? So a couple things with this yeah. uh, with this mailbag. First of all, I don't think Garcia is an upgrade over Montgomery. No. Montgomery had a rough few starts after the All-Star break, but I think uh, overall he's a pretty good pitcher. Um, 
Garcia was was just insurance. They they got him for insurance. They didn't know if they were going to trade for Sonny Gray. It didn't matter if they were trading for Sonny Gray. They just needed an extra warm body to be a starting pitcher. Well, yeah, and I think the other thing that you're looking at is it wasn't really a... Uh, to me, it wasn't a talent thing between Garcia and Montgomery. They are concerned. It is a legitimate thing about the the pitch count or the pitch count, the inning count for Jordan Montgomery. And to me, that's the biggest reason why you're seeing him get sent down, and one of the reasons why they went out to get that extra body because they knew they were coming up again against it. I mean, this is this is something that's that uh, that I'm sure the the Yankees coaching staff had in their mind for a long time. Um, does that mean that Montgomery isn't going to come back and contribute? No, I think he probably will. But they're definitely going to, you know, you wouldn't, don't be surprised if you see him missing a start here or there um, when he's down in AAA too. But don't you see how this pisses people off? Yes. Because it looks like Garcia is replacing Montgomery. And that's technically what he is doing. And if he's not as good as Montgomery, then people are going to get pissed off saying, why are you putting a worse pitcher out there? It's it's the whole thing. It depends on how much you believe, and if you're if you're buying into this whole innings limit thing. I mean, well, they haven't said an, inning, an innings limit. Well, they've that, never said those they're not words. saying that to us. But I guarantee that it, is it really that much of a coincidence that he's coming up against it and he's getting sent down? Because <clears throat> it's not a if he pitches thing. in the but an inning is an inning. So if he goes out and is starting and pitching six innings every day in Scranton, how is it any different? Because that's what I'm saying. I could see them skipping starts or, or him, you know, getting taken out early. He got taken out pretty damn early in that start, <clears throat> did he not? Yes. So, shouldn't they come out and say it just to put it to bed, uh, just to, to satisfy us, to yeah. just make us all happy? They're not going to do yes. that. They don't make. They don't care about us. I don't. But know. they could sa- save themselves a lot of trouble, a lot of bitching from fans and media if they just say, "Listen, Montgomery's a rookie. He's never pitched this much in one season. We're thinking long term with him." That, uh, that's so common. Yeah, Nolan Ryan would have a hissy fit about it, but everyone else is common today. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, know. shit. The I, Nationals shut down um, Strasburg. Strasburg in a playoff race, and obviously didn't help him because that dude's injured every other day. Yes, but uh, it's not like it's not like the Yankees are shutting down Severino. I think people might have a riot at that point. But yes, we will riot for two reasons: you shut down Severino and you send down Clint Frazier. Riots happening in the Bronx. <laughs> but um, but Montgomery, we can live with. Yeah, because yeah, he's Jordan. Mug- he just kind of looks a little. He doesn't look. It's Jordan. It's, it's Jordan, Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery. He looks like a nice guy. You know, he looks like a South Carolina dude from the sticks. You know, it's fine. No, look, I, I just, I, I do think they're going to limit his innings, even in AAA, because I don't think they care. Um, obviously, not as much about the innings in AAA as they do in the bigs. So I just think it's a, an opportunity for them to do that. But that's uh, one of those reasons I think they'll do that, and I could see him coming back up. So uh, at some point, in contributing and being ready, um, if need be. So. I don't know. I just I don't. I'm not putting stock in it. I don't think that Jaime Garcia is the guy that they are like. Yes, we got him to replace Jordan Montgomery. I just don't think that's right. the way it's playing out. Right. All right, guys. Thank you for submitting mailbag questions. If you want to do so, go to BronxPinstripes.com/slash/podcast. Uh, we do mailbags on every Monday show, so keep them coming. Uh, also, call the voicemail line 646-480-0342. We've got some voicemails coming up to end the show. Keep those coming. Those Sunny Gray voicemails were awesome. Probably the best set that we've ever had. So keep that coming. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at Yankees Podcast, at Bronx Pinstripes, at Andrew underscore Rotondi, and at Scott Reinen. Scott, does Kemp have a Twitter handle yet that you want to plug? No, he does not have a Twitter handle and probably won't for a very long time. But You'll probably see way more, way too many baby pictures sent out from me because now I'm part of the club. So sorry, but this, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go get some sleep now. <laughs> we'll end it there. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. 
that George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, Steve from Colorado. Did Brian Cashman just pull off the fastest rebuild in baseball history? One year ago, we were selling all of our assets. We had Alex Rodriguez, Mark Teixeira, Brian McCann, anchors around the team pulling us down. Now we're ready to compete for a title. Are you kidding me? At this point, if Cashman wants to impregnate my wife, I'd be like, you know what? That's probably the right call. Let's do it. Sunny motherfucking gray. <laughs> I just listened to the Friday game. Uh, got me drinking more than usual for a Friday. I've decided that our bad luck charm is Guardy's horrible mustache. Okay, so it's another typical Yankee day. Yankees down by four runs early in the game, showing the same signs that they've showed for the last five or six weeks, in which I've been totally an asshole. An asshole to my wife, an asshole to my kids, an asshole to my dogs, because I basically take my cue from my team, the Yankees. Well, you know what, boys? It's time to wake the fuck up. I have never seen a championship-caliber team that is as inept as this team is. Uh, runners in scoring position, they are horrible. Uh, third base, nobody out. Good luck, okay? Because I see it time after time. Can't get a fly ball, can't get a ground ball. Just strike out, it's a pop-up. And their record in one-run losses, none of this is indicative of a championship-caliber team. You know, I mean, and you can't just blame one or two people here, okay? It's not just Pulled my eyes harder. It's not just the Yankee Clippers, you know. It's not just Jimmy Moore Headley. It's, it's the whole team. When they need to produce, they don't. And this is just another example of it. And if they don't wake the fuck up pretty damn soon, then it's on to football season for me. Because I cannot take the angst. But then I got a question for the host. How many beers would it take to bang Susan Walker? I'm thinking for me, I'd need at least a six pack of tall ones, but uh. All hail, Sunny Gray. Finally, a Yankee, the Yankee name. Like you where this is going this year. Hey guys, I think I'm on to you with your name butchering. I think that you're uh, auditioning to replace John Sterling when he retires. My personal favorite of Sterling's is Carlos Correa. But uh, Jose Bautista definitely earns honorable mention. And Jamie Garcia sounds like something that he would come up with as well. Keep up the good work. Hey guys, Greg from New York here. What a win today. Went two out of four in Cleveland. Big, big win. If we lose that game, we drop three out of four against Cleveland, I think it's a whole different feeling. I know Holiday's struggling since he got back. I don't think he's ever been well since he came back. He's, something's going on. Glad to see that they're taking the right track with him. Put him on a DL. Let him get better. Give him time. Use that DH spot. Rotate. Judge. You know, Sanchez through there. You know, let Sanchez get his defense back. Pull his head out of his ass. Start playing like the second half of last year, maybe. Maybe he's getting a little too cocky. I don't know. A little too comfortable. Well, we'll see. 
see how well Romine plays behind the plate. If he pulls his offense up, Sanchez might have to start working at it again. Either way, awesome win. And you keep doing a great job, guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.